welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I am Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And we have, wow, appropriately six big guests here today with us. We have Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. Uh, we've got Aislinn. Um, I'm here. <laughs> Present. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we've got Doug Gobeski. <laughs> Wes Richardson. How's it going? And, of course, Tony Huff. Hey, thanks for bringing me back. So, uh, that's five guests. Aw, there should have been six. <laughs> we missed a big opportunity. You can go get Otto if you want. No, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. We have five big guests. <laughs> <laughs> that's a definitely uh, appropriate, though, because we are... We've got some big topics today, namely a supersized snack edition. So bake it away, toys. Well, Adam has been, in a very reasonable way, bugging me to try out some of the meat-flavored Lay's potato chips, which... Uh, when was the last time you did a chip segment? You did a chip segment. Ah, uh, Exactly. It's yeah, it's time. been a long time. It, it's it's time. It's time. And I actually got one... Is it all the way back to the, to the water? So uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> that was like literally a full year ago, wasn't it? It, I think you're right. I think it was October. So closing in, closing in. No, I think it was September. Oh, it was September. I was at a conference. Looks to be September 30th. Yeah. But anyway, there's four uh, special edition flavors of Lay's. Adam had the, what, New York style pizza? Or like some specific style of pizza, I think. From Grimaldi's, allegedly. I have inspired by or whatever. I've picked up the least offensive sounding meat flavor because I think the last of the three were meat flavored. The Nashville hot chicken. I'm actually hoping that it doesn't taste at all like chicken. Why did you not get the other two? I didn't think I could have that many bags of chips around. What is Celeste for? (laughs) We're not submitting her to meat flavored chips yet. I mean, I don't like this. Here, you want to try it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Celeste, she likes it. Meat flavored chips. I think she likes it. <laughs> so this is a uh, Lay's Nashville hot chicken flavored, inspired by Party Fowl, Nashville, Tennessee. Apparently, which is weird because that's not the original Nashville hot chicken joint. But I'm sure it's the one they could get the rights to. <laughs> Sellouts. <laughs> Are we, oh. Do we all eat these at the same time? Yes, you're supposed all right. to all eat them at the same time. Oh, okay. Charlie's so I, I've done second. I've done my introduction. Who else is participating? Uh, I am. Aislinn's uh, okay. stealing herself. Okay. This. Um, I'm going to say it right now. I'm a vegetarian, so this is sad. But okay. <laughs> oh, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I want to though. But they probably it. contain <laughs> zero no. meat. I, I didn't look on the bag. I know, but, but, going but all still. In. I love it. Charlie, you're looking at the bag, right? You, you can read the ingredients it has, on the bag. Right? Oh, oh, I oh, oh, oh. Packaging. Well, it has Nashville hot chicken seasoning, but then later it has natural flavors in brackets, including bacon fat. So, oh, and chicken fat. This is not, this is not making me no excited. For Aislinn. There's obligation for you, Charlie. But That's true. Wait, did you say you're a vegetarian or or vegan? Vegetarian. Vegetarian, okay. There's also buttermilk solids but you in have here. chicken broth. It's and cooked, cooked chicken powder. Like well, anyway. Yeah. No pressure. It just makes me happy. She's all in. She, you know, she wants to wants to commit to the bit. I like it. 
I I suppose I do. Okay. All right, Paul. So what what flavors you had? You said you had multiple, right? You yeah, guys are doing hot chicken. Oh, we're doing hot chicken. Mm-hmm. For, okay. Do you not understand? Yeah, how I thought this I already segment heard. works. Have we ever? I don't I know if we've we, ever done this segment with multiple. We need more chips in multiple locations with multiple people. <laughs> well, we've done chocolates. Okay. What's the all right, difference? All right. Beyond the substance. So I've opened the, the bag. Four shouldn't be any different. I've opened the bag. I've kind of smelled the inside of it. It smells spicy for sure. Like not. That's all. Just spicy. Yeah, just spicy. Like not chickeny. Like. Not in a way that's like making me sneeze so spicy, but and it's it looks like a barbecue chip. I mean, it doesn't really look any different. Did you put your nose right into the bag and inhale? It was it was in the bag. Yeah, it was a full three second inhale. You like how I apparently have deep distrust of your methods here. (laughs) It's not rigorous, not scientifically rigorous. That's right. What's your control, Paul Aislin? Any uh, comments before we do the tasting? Are you worried about this one? We messed up in each ate a chip. No, oh. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not your fault. He's terrible at this <laughs> thing that he created. Aislinn, your face is saying a lot right now about um, what you think of that chip. Okay, my initial reaction was this is absolutely disgusting, <laughs> but now I'm not really sure. It's kind of okay, but also absolutely disgusting. Uh, that's acquiring the taste. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, she's going to eat real chicken. <laughs> uh, Start drinking to, me, to me, it almost tastes like you, it's like you just put a little capsaicin into like some cream of chicken soup. <laughs> and then, oh, that actually sounds like it could be good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a real uh, cream of chicken uh, soup uh, boy over here. There's, there's kind of a smoky flavor to it. Oh. Yeah. It's like chicken it's like chicken ramen powder plus <laughs> just flavorless heat is what so it I taste like salt. Plus smoke. I was gonna say sodium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you did a really good job of describing that. I feel like I'm actually like tasting it right now. The question is whether there's Charlie quite a bit of heat not. there too. Um I don't know. I'd give it maybe a uh, it's kind of middle of the road chip like yeah the meat flavor is kind of off-putting still i'm kind of in your camp adam where i'm not a huge fan of meat flavors i'll put up with them for the sake of the podcast but i was hoping this would taste sort of hot and like maybe like fried like chicken skin but not really like actual chicken so but the the spiciness is nice i like it it kind of leaves a little bit of heat in your mouth but not not like i'm reaching for the water it's the heat in your mouth, not in your hands, right? Uh, it's probably still on my hands, too. I probably shouldn't touch. <laughs> shouldn't touch my eyes. Just put my finger right in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah care- careful if there's a bathroom break in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say like five out of ten, right middle of the road. I mean, we've tasted some bad chip flavors, so. Yeah, I think this this meat-flavored chip thing is very new to me. I, it's almost like you could just take the meat flavor out of the flavors that are there, and it wouldn't be too bad. All right, Paul. Well, what's the other flavor you got there? These are the Lay's ruffles. They're like street taco oh, carnitas, or right? Carnitas. I don't think yeah. they're ruffles. I think they're wavy Lay's. That's what that's what they are. Okay, wavy Lay's. What's the difference between wavy Lay's and ruffles? Given that I thought they were both Frito Lay, or are they not? <laughs> Wait. So I think with the wavy Lay's, it's just they're bigger, right? Ruffles are like the little ridges. Like when you get the cheddar and sour cream ones or 
and then I the wake so yeah wavy lays because these look like big these have big ridges yeah like softly undulating waves on the ocean right yeah these have kind of a burnt smell to them <laughs> that's what it smells like to me and uh we're gonna try it out here oh there's like a kind of a strong cilantro huh it actually is kind of like a you know i feel like there's less of an overwhelming meat flavor here I feel like Paul's eating the whole bag. I feel like you really like this one. <laughs> I might actually have another one. These aren't that bad. Nice. There's something alarming about that burst of like cilantro yeah. flavor at the beginning. It's like a quick burst and it quickly dies yeah, down. It's more just like the burnt fish. Going in. But yeah, it tastes kind of like a you know like a taco. This is the closest thing to meat I've had in six years, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Meat-flavored chips from now on. Now that needs to be on the back of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good slogan, right? (laughs) Makes vegetarians almost want to eat meat. (laughs) I don't know why it reminds me of the time that Paul went vegetarian, but just ate junk food the whole time. I did eat a lot of Doritos. Wait, you did this and you didn't even tell me? I thought I told you. Uh oh. Don't. Hearing Wilcox think... family secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you've told me this. Was I even alive? Uh, you were like actually, just alive. I was say, that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I would have remembered this if I was conscious. Yeah, you were definitely too young this. to remember this. Okay. Yeah. Well. You were, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were a baby. Paul's going to have and, some explaining to do, though, tonight when she goes home. She's like, yeah, I had a great time. Paul gave me meat chips, and <laughs> <laughs> and now I like meat. <laughs> Ooh, going to move on up to the Reuben smoothie soon. There you go. <laughs> Yum. Only if the smoothie is a sandwich, though. <laughs> That's truly a deconstruct. Yeah, sandwich. no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way you could be more deconstructed is, is if you went full, uh, you just went all the way and pushed the liquefy button. So better than the Nashville hot chicken, it's sounding like. Mm, I don't know. They're both kind of bad okay. to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm actually eating these. The last one, I had like a couple bites and then I just got the rest down. But these ones are actually good. Okay. Me, yeah. Least. Significant difference then for you. I think the Nashville hot chicken ones are just like a little bit hotter than what I'm used to. So they just kind of taste a little bit like heat to me. Heat and meat. I mean, that sounds ideal, right? Yeah. Like, wasn't Nashville hot chicken originally intended to be punitive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well then. I mean, if we're thinking of chips as punishment, I would say the Nashville hot chicken is the superior one. (laughs) (laughs) Closer to the original the whole segment, Chips has punishment. Speaking of, Charlie, you know what's next. No. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, what, what's going on? Oh, oh, I know. To pound him into a drink. Oh. Hmm. Oh, I thought it was that you were going, Paul was going to have to try both flavors simultaneously. That also should happen, but I also need Charlie to prepare the liquefied version. I don't know that he has any Sprite Limeade, though. No, he just puts it in water. Yeah, water I have. Or whatever he's drinking. Water. Whatever the nearest vessel contains. Windex. (laughs) Acetone. Printer. Doing his nails. (laughs) 
All right. All right. It's uh it's marinating, so the water is marinating, I guess. You. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, does his glass of water count as a chip witch? Yes. Uh, all right, Paul, do the combo. Oh, the combo. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going to be sit here and be glad I don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of like that better than each one alone because the taco kind of smooths out the heat of the uh, hot chicken. Yeah, actually pretty good. All right. Yeah, surprising. You should give it a try. Um, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the bag bags are over there. I will stick to eating the entire bag of the taco one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I, will now, I will now label myself as a vegetarian with the exception of um, taco-flavored chips. <laughs> of, of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we got to get you some Doritos Locos Tacos flavored Doritos. Um. <laughs> I think you'll really like them. All right, Doug, I think you're up. Okay, it's time for another edition of the Gobeski Chocolates Report. Oh, Is there have... chocolate in this? Uh, let me check. <laughs> he just called it a chocolate. Shea oil? What the heck? Oh, it's chocolate. Oh, so it's good for your skin, too. Baking soda? Do you not know that exists? <laughs> Wait, what is PGPR? Oh, PGPR. Now, if you have to ask, you know. I love foods that have I don't know. Letters. Apparently, there is no chocolate in this. It's mostly sugar, vegetable oil, etc. Then I guess you need a new name. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Does this even have any natural flavor? Oh, there we go. Natural and artificial flavor. <laughs> so anyway, I have a limited edition Kit Kat, apple pie, crisp wafers and apple pie flavored white cream, naturally and artificially flavored. That's actually pretty good. It's got a nice apple flavor to it and kind of a cinnamony flavor as well. I would recommend this. Does it feel like there's crust in there? I mean, you get the sort of cinnamony flavor, but like, does the crunchiness like say like, oh, this is kind of like the crust of the pie? Yeah, I mean, you got the the crisp wafers in there, so yeah, huh. it's like uh, an inside out apple pie. If you had tasted that without knowing what the flavor was, would you have said, oh, this is apple pie? Well, let me try another stick. I'll do it with my eyes closed, so I. No, no, I'll do it with my eyes closed, so I can't see the label, Charlie. Oh, okay. Honor system. Well, it's sweet, kind of a sickening creaminess to it. Ooh, that, that's my favorite. But it's got the crispiness from the wafer because it's a Kit Kat, so that's good. Um, it tastes like a cider mill smells. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I understand that. So, yeah, I mean, that would be a good uh, summer or autumn treat. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So By the I way, PGPR is uh, polyglycerol polyricinoleate, which is, is what? It's an emulsifier made from glycerol and fatty acids in chocolate, compound chocolate, and similar coatings. Mainly used with another substance like lecithin to reduce viscosity. Well, let me see if there's any lecithin in this. Yes, contains oh. soy lecithin. Yep. Ooh, even contains yeast. 
Oh, so did our uh, Nashville hot chicken chips. Yeast extract. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> bag of nutritional yeast to sprinkle on the for a little extra. Time for the main event, right? Yeah, let's do it. You all have yeah. more chip thoughts uh. <laughs> or non-chocolate thoughts. I have lots of non-chocolate thoughts, but nothing relevant in the moment. <laughs> most most of my thoughts are non-chocolate. <laughs> Disbelief. <laughs> Man thinks about chocolate every eight seconds on average. So on to our main event. It is the 47th installment in the Mary Marvel Movie March. We're talking about the 2014 movie Big Hero 6. I do have some bad news to report, however. Okay. Uh, as today is August 28th, 2020, a new Marvel movie has been technically oh, released no. in theaters today. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Wait, what? The New Mutants is a theatrical release that came out today. Really? Uh, Disney apparently did not provide review copies for reviewers, so I assume that says a lot. But maybe they just want all the money they could possibly get out of this. Well, I mean, it's not like they're going to entice people to go to the theaters that weren't already going to. You know, I think people are staying away regardless. They're not going to say, oh, look at these great reviews. We need to go and risk our lives. But we're not talking about that other than to be slightly sad that we've no longer gained as much ground in the march as we had been. The silver lining to 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, So instead, cast, cast your mind back to... November 2014 and Big Hero 6. I will say, after watching this tonight, I am legitimately upset that I have not seen this movie until now. We should talk briefly about the movie because Big Hero 6 is the story of one Dennis Big Hero, who is sixth in line to the big mansion. But before he can inherit it, there are five others who have to get there first so big heroes one through five so basically the movie is him discussing uh with big heroes one through five about maybe exchanging places with him in the line (laughs) (laughs) wow it's It's a real my dinner with andre kind of feel (laughs) just watch the conversations happen and uh it's 12 hours long and it's fun for the whole family. And nobody abdicates. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one the one does. <laughs> well, all right, he doesn't abdicate. He chokes on a dinner roll in the middle of the conversation oh. and dies. But oh, okay, yeah, there, there's a little death. Yeah, there's a little death. That happens fairly early on, though. That's Big Hero 2. Hey, Paul. Yeah. What's the uh, synopsis of this movie for realsies? Um, actually, uh, okay. So, Aislinn, you might have to help me out with this when I get something wrong. Don't forget, three sentences or less. So, this young, technical, genius boy has a technical robot genius older brother who uh, dies (laughs) in a fire. (laughs) But older brother's medical robot invention is still around and aids the boy in figuring out the cause of the fire and makes uh, some good friends along the way. That's a really bad synopsis. Uh, 
<laughs> Probably my worst yet, but Aislinn, do you do you want to give him a hand? Take uh, a stab at it. Yes. So three sentences. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. Um, fifth grade wasn't that long ago for me, actually, though, so I remember how to do three sentence summaries. Oh, um, <laughs> sick burn. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so basically, um, this boy named Hero um, wants to go to this um, school for technology and stuff where his older brother goes. He presents his invention, um, his microbot things, to um, the school. And then after that is the fire um, in which his brother dies. And then um, he works along with some of his brother's friends and Baymax, the healthcare companion robot, to find out um, like who stole the microbots and what happened to them, as well as like what happened in the fire. And yeah, cool. Oh, much better than Paul. <laughs> That was that was better than yeah. Paul. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I I lobbed you a softball on that one. Not a high bar, but yes, much wow. better than me. And then the behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, so this is a Marvel property. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it because there's not a lot of uh, Big Hero Six comic books out there. Although somehow I actually have the first issue, so I read the first issue just to reacquaint myself with it. But the basic idea is that Big Hero 6 is a Japanese state-sanctioned superhero group to sort of compete with other countries' state-sanctioned superhero groups. So like Alpha Flight, who's the Canadian one, for instance. Obviously, the U.S. has a bunch like Avengers and such. And so this is supposed to be the Japanese version. The characters are largely the same. The main difference is Baymax. In the comics, Baymax is not a healthcare robot. He's a hero's bodyguard, and he transforms into like a a Godzilla-style creature, like a fire-breathing sort of. I don't know if he actually breathes fire, but that's what he looks like. As, like I said, there's not a lot of appearances for uh, for Big Hero Six, so there's not a lot to work with. And I think the reason they said why they picked this is that when Marvel and Disney merged, um, Disney basically said to their creative people, hey, if there's any properties you're interested in like adapting, let us know. And so the people behind the movie picked Big Hero 6 partly because it wasn't very well known. So they felt like they could adapt stuff and change stuff around as they wanted without fans pitching a fit, basically. Was Stan Lee one of the people behind the creation of this team no it's uh so you may have seen in the credits of this movie that it's credited to a group called uh man of action that's basically the working group of some comic creators including specifically here steven siegel and duncan uh Rallo. and then uh the actual miniseries is written by uh scott lobdell who did a lot of x-men stuff in the 90s and this book actually initially is an X-Men tie-in as well. The, the original book is actually called Sunfire and Big Hero 6, and Sunfire is a mutant. And uh, Silver Samurai shows up as well, who you may remember oh, yeah. from the Wolverine. Yeah. Although on this, he's like a good guy. No, uh, Stan Lee is not involved in the creation of this. Uh, I think that's just the everyone loves Stan Lee regardless effect that the Disney era has large, has more or less ushered in. Because it used to be the case that Stan Lee would only show up in movies that he had a hand in the characters and creating. 
And then starting with Guardians of the Galaxy, he was just there because they wanted him there, and that seems to continue here for reasons that maybe get explained. I haven't watched this TV show that comes after this. I don't know if he shows up in that or not. But yeah, the all-important first question is, had you seen this movie before? Uh, no, I actually have not seen this movie before today. Just just never got around to it. No, I, I had not seen this movie before. Um, didn't really know that it existed. Um, and when I learned that it was like an animated one, I guess I, my expectations weren't super high. But uh, now I wish I could go back in time and watch it because I think I really would have enjoyed it. It was... Was, I, I thought it was a really good film. Uh, I had not seen it before previously. Any desire to, or were you aware that this was a thing? Uh, at all? I don't know. I Well, like, you know, you got the, the, the Pixars and stuff, and I feel like everyone watched those. But, yeah, I guess this one flew under the radar. Yeah, didn't even know it was Marvel until today. So, interesting. Yeah, this was one that I would have watched at least a cup like there's a couple instances where I was sitting down and about to watch it and realized, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this for the march. So I didn't. And then also it was gonna be part of that movie mar- sci-fi movie marathon that I was gonna do at home. This? And then Adam told me, Well, yeah, you told me I couldn't do it. Remember? It was on my list and you're like, Nope. Well, yeah, but even setting aside that we were doing it for Marvel, like it's not re- yeah, really appropriate I mean, I for that. I guess it's sci-fi, <laughs> but it's not if I were making a sci-fi film festival, I don't think I would put this top of the list. That like Super Mario Brothers or something fits the bill. It's a sci-fi like, classic. Yeah, I guess kind of, but not really. <laughs> Whoa. But think about how much science they did in this movie. There's, There's a so lot of science. science. And it also yeah. didn't happen, therefore it it's fiction. Fictional. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I have I had not seen Big Hero Six before, somehow. I mean it'd been on my radar for quite a while as something like, oh, I think I'd really like that, but I just never just never got around to it, I guess. Um, yeah, I've seen this I think my watching it today was my fourth video. Oh, of okay. It. I've definitely seen it quite a few times. So you are a resident expert today, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had seen this movie before in theaters. This was back in the before time when I saw movies in theaters. Uh Partly I don't anymore because of the pandemic, partly because my movie friend Ross has moved to Texas, so don't have that opportunity as much. I know. What, you don't just take day trips to Texas to go watch movies with him? (sighs) I mean, the problem is he's he's over on the east side of Texas, so that's like a four-day drive. Sorry. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, we saw this in theaters. I think I kind of talked him into it. Because I don't know how excited he was, but I was like, it's getting good reviews. It's a Marvel movie. Superheroes. I think you I think you posted on my Facebook going to this movie with Ross. We might have done, yeah. That was 2014. That was back in uh, in Facebook posting days for you. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I saw it then, really enjoyed it. Bought the Blu-ray when it came out, watched that, and then I think this is the third time I've seen it. Have we watched any other animated movies for the March yet? Uh... I don't think so. This might be the... I think this is the first one. All right, then. That's something. Yeah, it kind of makes me wish yeah. there had been more. Well, there's one coming up. Oh. There's a lot of uh, direct-to-video animated movies, but they don't count. But we have at least one more theatrical to look forward to. Oh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. And then I believe that's getting a sequel, so... 
that seems like the sort of sequel that might actually hold its uh, release date because it's the sort of movie people could work on in quarantine. I think the only thing that Robert Callahan did wrong was cultural appropriation with his kabuki mask. He's clearly Irish. Not allowed. <laughs> that mm. does, as long as we're here, that does mm. bring up one slight question I wanted to bring up. I don't know. Mm. I'm not really taking a side here, but I just observed after reading the comic where it's very explicitly, this is designed to be a Japanese superhero group and all the characters are Japanese. I wondered if people had thoughts at all about making some of the characters non-Japanese for the movie. And w- and also the uh, melding of San Francisco and Tokyo into their San Fran Sokio. Was that what it is? It was something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I didn't understand yeah. it. I was hoping that the comics would be able to explain away some of that. Uh, they do not. They are set in Japan in the comics. I was confused the entire time with the, the melding of San Francisco and Tokyo. Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge just looked silly, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Part of me was like, is this an alternate timeline where japan won the war <laughs> oh really and this technology had has advanced so far much farther than well, it has in our timeline so but it, but it's not it's not uh um what is it it's not a monarchy so it would be more like if they like continued their like post-war growth to like ad infinium and just started like taking over the West Coast with their like economic prowess. So basically, if the '90s never happened to Japan, yeah, the '80s just kept going forever. Also, shouts out to Shinzo Abe. Hope he feels better. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing it's shout outs. Prayers out. <laughs> Prayers up for my boy Shinzo. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, he's he's stepping down. Uh, Is he? Yeah. 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 I didn't read Today, that. Yeah. Isn't he the longest running Japanese prime minister? Something like that. Yeah, eight years, I think. Yeah. 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 I guess I just had wondered if people, specifically Charlie, had feelings about potential whitewashing or only now that you mention it, because I I didn't know the background of the comics and I was waiting for the explanation here. So now that I know the background of the comics, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of weird. Definitely Americanizing it for the sake of well, probably the American market, because if it's yeah. normally initially set in Japan, I mean, why couldn't she just do that? Yeah, but in a, in a vacuum, it seems like I guess it's just no, yeah, knowing the source material. But it makes because I like I thought of it as like, oh, it's like a yeah, crazy alternate future, kind of like how in movies, like say, like the like Los Angeles and her or something like where it's like super metropolitan like multilingual multicultural sort of thing but yeah in this case knowing the source material it's kind of yeah in a vacuum and until a week ago yeah i didn't know know about that until i pulled out the comics and read them and was like huh i don't know that it necessarily detracts from the movie but it was just something i uh, noticed once i had the bigger picture i guess also they named a character wasabi which i thought was just funny on its own well, that is actually the name of the character in the in the comic. It's actually Wasabi no Ginger. <laughs> in the comic, like he's that. like a chef or something. Oh, oh. I like how they explained it though in the 
in the movie though. Like he, he's like, hey, spill out one time on your shirt, and that's your nickname. Uh. I, I like how they explained that away a little bit too. Hey, tuna. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. Wasabi no ginger sounds like a very Phoenix Wright name. <laughs> it does. Speaking of alternate weird locations, almost Japan, but not in the localizations. The the street level stuff though, it was like I don't know. They I mean they nailed each location kinda, you know, in terms of the feel. It's just like a weird mashup. Was anybody else worried that they were gonna end up on Alcatraz and we'd have another Marvel movie where a lot of action takes place on Alcatraz? That would have been cool. <laughs> I think here it would have been cool, yeah. But they just ended up on a Wait, different are island. Are we completely. sure that's are we sure they were on a different island? Uh, the IMDb trivia suggests that it was a different island and that initially they had wanted it to be Alcatraz and for some reason didn't. I- IMDb, the uh, arbiter of uh, all mankind's knowledge. It's the internet movie database, Doug. Don't trash it. Well, it's the trivia section <laughs> that's uh, truly the most authoritative. Well, it depends yeah. how many upvo- or how many people liked it. I love <laughs> this. I love this fact. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it more true. <laughs> Benghazi ain't going away. That's true. R.I.P. Charlie Daniels. I agree with you, Paul. Like I liked all the street level stuff, and I liked the sort of blending of the American and Japanese culture and kind of like what this city would look like in this sort of alternate universe that they don't explain. No, I thought it was a really interesting world, and I actually appreciated the fact that they didn't go into some explanation about why San Francisco was now this new place. I think it was really necessary. I mean, did anyone else feel like they needed more explanation or wanted more somewhere in this movie? I think it would have been interesting to hear their explanation for why, just because I think that would have been a fun fun thing for them to like wiggle their way out of but <laughs> yeah for the context of the movie it wasn't needed yeah I, I i agree with the with leslie on that what about the characters themselves how did you feel they were all handled so i really enjoyed uh the characters i thought like the the minor characters for like comedic relief were like, some of my favorites like uh i believe it was their their aunt I thought she was absolutely hilarious and was like one of my favorite characters throughout the movie. Aislinn, how did you feel about the characters? I thought they were good. I mean, I love Baymax. Um, He's hilarious. And I really liked Fred. Ah, yes. Our first appearance in the march of T.J. Miller. Got at least a couple more movies with him, yeah. He's the sidekick in Deadpool, right? Yes. But based on the marketing of this movie, I just assumed this was like a story about Hero and Baymax, and that's all it was. The boy finds a robot. That's what I thought this movie was going to be. Or possibly creates a robot. And they go on an adventure. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that there was that was just one character of many. Yeah, I mean, looking at this uh, Blu-ray box, I think it was just like Wally 2.0. Just Baymax wandering around on an empty earth. Got a real boy in his blob vibes. <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say boy and his dog but yeah uh, i don't think anyone gets eaten on big hero six does anyone get eaten wait what <laughs> someone doesn't know about a boy and his dog <laughs> wait is that a is that a particular property yeah because i'm Alan just Ellison. i just mean the general genre of 
stories involving a boy and his dog. Oh. You know, wow. just being being a kid and having adventures. Doug, I'm going to back you up on this. I was with you 100%. <laughs> Y'all aren't sci-fi literally. I'm in the yeah. Adam's camp no. on this one. <laughs> How do we come back from you? All right. oh, we got to we we talk so, about Baymax. We got to talk about Baymax. Baymax. <laughs> yeah, Baymax. So, yeah, he's he's an inflatable. He's like one of those tube guys outside of a car dealership. <laughs> but he's a child's best friend. The old wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man, right? <laughs> yep. I thought it was like the Michelin man, but smoother. Yeah, I can see why he was the main focus of the marketing and all of the DV or all the Blu-ray design, etc. It seems like, yeah, marketing-wise, they're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is what will draw people in. I'm not going to lie. When Baymax pushes them through the portal and kind of gives himself up, I legitimately teared up. That was tough to watch. I was like, oh, my goodness. Why am I crying about this? <laughs> it's an emotional That's a tough scene. moment. I, I felt bad for uh, for Hero. I mean, that kid goes through so much loss in his life. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. No wonder he's so bitter about everything. Oh, yeah. It was. I think that's why I was I was emotional. I was like, oh, my goodness. This kid just can't get a break. But it's, it's okay because he had the chip, right? And I didn't see that coming. I thought he that sent was- his, he sent his brain. You know, his his personality, I guess. Yeah, because he makes another Baymax, right? Yeah. 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 And and it's just it is like I, I didn't 100 percent. But I, I kind of assume it's like that's he's got all the memories. He's like the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He calls him hero. He knows he like his knows name. Him. Yeah. OK. OK. Well, I, the thing I really liked about Baymax right off the bat was just when he powers up and because kind of learning his surroundings and like trying to figure out like oh yeah. how do i maneuver around this <laughs> object in front of me like he's never seen it before which he he hasn't right well the funny thing is is that i really thought he was going to throw the bed like through the window <laughs> when he <laughs> powers up years or not maybe not years later but you know later on <laughs> i think they that, i think that was a opportunity missed uh so uh so strike one on on my final rating for that yeah, speaking of strikes, are there shields in this movie? There's, there's uh, armor. A lot of armor. Not really the same. There's though. the wheels. They don't, I think, act as shields at any point. I guess he kind of uses his little knife slicey things as shields. I'm willing to call this movie shield free. Charlie Wallace stamp of approval. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 10 it's out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that means not zero out of 10. <laughs> Certified shield safe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I did think uh, watching Wasabi, I was like, wait a second. He's like the, the the Covenant from Halo, and he's got the energy swords. Yeah. I guess what, I, what I'm what i trying to say is Wasabi should have also had uh, some sort of uh, stealth camouflage. When you said the, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, I was like, oh, are we going to be raiding right now? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is... <laughs> How, how many, how many unfinished podcasts? In, yeah. <laughs> how many uh, whistling holes in Baymax out of 10 would you give this? Oh, my goodness. I don't know why, but I lost it there. I thought that, that was, was so, so great. Yeah, that, that was always my favorite scene. Like, when I saw this movie for the first time, I really liked it. But that scene just, like, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> what about Hero? Did people have thoughts about Hero? I liked Hero. I didn't like the 
how angry he got. Like that, it seemed. It seemed he was he, a teenager. He to, it seemed like he went to ten very quick, though. Yes, a teenager. I don't know. Who experienced a lot of trauma? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know we've established that, but I just. Don't fall into the Charlie Wallace trap of I wouldn't behave this way, so it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, he was he was raised in the in the mean streets of the underground, you know, Dan robot Rand. fighting. Yeah. Oh, I I did like that um, gambling was a <laughs> virtue uh, in, in the beginning. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is, this is a gambling movie. <laughs> I, I liked it because he lost, and he said, you know what? I can win. I'll just put more, double my bet uh, to win <laughs> to win it all back. You know, you'd think. Because he's hustling him. You'd think if that guy didn't want to be hustled, it would be a big red flag that this little kid has a big roll of cash. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just like pool 101, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, he's got a lot of money on his person. Yeah, but it was funny how how quickly they were uh, to welcoming him at, at, when they at first tried to really like say this is for adults only, and he's like, "Well, I got some money." Like, all right, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalist at its finest. Did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, I liked Hero. I thought he was funny. I thought he was too smart. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really like my uh, heroes to be dumb. Yeah, you know. I mean, I do, but they're more relatable that way. But yeah, no, I, I thought they did a good job of developing his character throughout the, the movie. And things were believable, I guess. 13-year-old in college, changing the world. <laughs> so I like how uh, when he was first testing out Baymax's flight suit, he just thought, you know, he just goes and hangs out on the on top of a blimp. Watching the sunset. Was it a blimp though? Because there were Com- completely, on it. completely not going back to the people that he was testing it with to let them know that he's fine, <laughs> or yeah. you know, resume the testing. Just nope, nope. Just completely forgetting about him. <laughs> so what I thought those were was wind turbines. That's yeah, kind of what I like thought. Like futuristic, like personal wind like turbines. Wind turbines. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which I thought was really cool because they didn't explain it. And I was like, oh, maybe just creating this interesting technology just kind of in the background. That's what I thought it was. I thought yeah, it was it's... a bird depopulator. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so that too. All the blades for... would be going wow. faster for that. Maybe they speed up when they detect the presence of a bird. It's a bird discourager. <laughs> yeah. Like, we it's don't go over factor. there. <laughs> No, there wasn't any uh, feathers on the uh, backside of them. Oh, they're self-cleaning. Yeah, they clean them. <laughs> oh. Well, we know this movie goes out of its way to uh, not hurt birds, though. Yeah, my thought when that scene happened and the pigeon's fine, and they were like, well, our stuff works or whatever, I was like, yeah, but you didn't hit the bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it technically functions, but you need to learn how to use it. I really like the part where he cuts into the door, though, and does the circle bat and has to yeah. go back. I, I laughed pretty hard at that, I think. I related too too much with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like this is how the Phantom Menace should have gone. <laughs> what do people think about technology and how it's handled in this movie? I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean those like the microbots. That was like really cool, I thought. Like the animation on that and just the slickness of it. 
that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, all of the things that they design are just feasible enough or the ideas are just well thought out enough that like I bought it. I'm like, oh, that is something really cool that somebody might potentially build. Although I did think multiple times during the movie, it's like, oh, you should be a billionaire and you should be a billionaire too. <laughs> just sell that thing you just made and uh, you're set for the rest of your life. Every single one of you. Wow, you, you're quite the capitalist there, uh, Charlie. I guess. Got, got the mindset down. Yeah, <laughs> no, let's, let's not help other people by being superheroes. Let's just get rich. <laughs> yeah, that's what i call the movie let's get rich isn't that usually the villain <laughs> the part where hero is touring the lab it felt like some sort of creepy extended uh, marketing material like like they were trying someone had uh, paid them money paid disney money to try to market stem as a career path to kids oh. <laughs> and it it really made me feel put off like it was it was it was creepy genuinely did not have that reaction did you feel better when everything paid off because they used all of their inventions to become superheroes or not because <laughs> mm. i was asking myself that question i was like is all this gonna come this better come back later or else this is a lot of exposition it does yeah it does, all yeah. the cool tech gets used and you learn funny nicknames it's true and it really helps you know kind of set up the each character's vibe well i was just gonna say doug as two people in this uh this stem world somewhat in some way i think this is our internal bias against ourselves because i i think i had a similar kind of feeling i mean i was literally doing stuff out of a robotics textbook earlier today so yeah, so this is a yeah, manifestation like, of your self-loathing. Is that what you're saying? Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think Wes has it. But it's also it also kind of felt like Silicon Valley, like because I, I don't know. I think it was a different time. I think we had a we all had a more positive view of tech in the world. Look, I think the question we need to ask is whether Aislinn was inspired to take up STEM disciplines as a result of this movie. Well, I already kind of like science stuff, so I don't know that that particularly encouraged me. But I don't know. I always did think that that scene at the beginning with all them creating their inventions. I remember when I first saw this movie, always thinking that was really cool and kind of did inspire me like i just thought that those things they were doing were really cool and unique all right marketing worked yeah, yeah. great job but really um, you really programming is where it's at right yeah <laughs> 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 then you can go to work at the insurance company <laughs> i forgot it always goes back to the insurance company such an insurance stand so what did people think of callahan's motivation <laughs> What did um, people think of Callahan's motivation as the villain of the of the movie? It made sense, except that he, I don't I don't understand why he was so flippant about Tadashi dying. Like, what was the difference between Tadashi and his daughter? Other know? than like like literally, the only difference is one was related, and the other one was just simply what in a, a student of his, which so, you'd think would be. More than just a, hey, you know, whatever, you knew the risks. To go with what you were saying, Doug, I think it's just to paint him as a hypocrite. 
Like, I think it's intentional. Like, if you think about it, too, that's kind of how Alan Tudyk's character acted, too, right? He's like, well, yeah, Cray. He's like, oh, well, your daughter knew the risks. That was part of, you know, part of her job. And so just to kind of show him kind of acting that way too. say like, well, he wasn't supposed to be there anyway. And it's, I'm not, I'm not responsible for it. I, t- I take no responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I, I realized about Callahan at the end of the movie was that, so he did all this evil villain stuff. And because he did all of that, now his daughter's back. So it's a good thing he did it. Oh. It's all worth it. Wait yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I really feel like we need to watch the TV series and see if any of this hmm. gets addressed. Right. <laughs> well, but you start cheering for him, and I think that the kids do too. He learns a similar lesson that Hero learns is that you you know, you don't allow yourself to like get to that point where you want to kill somebody. You know, I yeah. mean like I think they learn the same lesson mm-hmm. just and he goes to jail for for what he did. Well, and he gets arrested, learns the lesson like nice and fast. Well, be, okay. Yeah. What? Come on, Adam. You're, you're splitting hairs here. That's a good point. <laughs> Hero should also be sent to prison for attempted murder. That's true. <laughs> Doug. Yeah. But luckily Snaps. he has allies with him. Uh <laughs> <laughs> What are the stand your ground laws in San Francisco? <laughs> uh, Doug has an IMDb pro account. I'm sure we could find out. <laughs> it actually has their constitution. <laughs> it was written in uh, 1997. <laughs> I guess I, you you kind of start feeling for the guy, I guess, a little bit, though, too. Yeah, just a relatable Scots-Irish, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Continuous output from the people. He kind of looks like Sam Waterston. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Let me check the IMDb. <laughs> we'll wait. No, you're right. I was trying to figure out who I th- thought it was and that maybe they had based the character off of the voice, but then the voice ended up being James Cromwell. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah. I never watched Law and Order. So I know him from uh, Frankie and Grayson. You don't watch insurance commercials? I'm not Paul. <laughs> I, only watch, I only watch the Asylum knockoff Law or Order. Law or Order. <laughs> so let's everyone go around and mention something about the movie that you really liked that we haven't talked about yet. Let's start with uh, Aislinn. I would just say a lot of random Baymax jokes. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked Baymax and his jokes too. I think my favorite was the the fist bump where he just like would start doing that like yeah, or however it went like that. I I really thought that was funny. Yeah, after we saw the movie in theaters, Brian and I would do that to each other for a while. Yeah, and I had a coworker who had a small child who would do that to me at work. And I would just be so confused every single time. <laughs> Did it just dawn on you tonight? that? No, no, no. Like, he explained oh, okay. it. He explained it was uh, from the movie, but oh, okay. I hadn't seen the movie. It would have been awesome if it would have had the payoff now, you know, like years later. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't a jerk. He, he made sure he knew what it was from. And then Baymax literally saves hero with a fist bump at the end that was fun that's fun writing 
Oh wow! I didn't no, even I... I didn't even get that. Yep. I know. I oh, I thought when the, with the card reveal at the end, the chip reveal in his fist, I thought for a second his hand was just gonna on its own go. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me wondered how that card. Part of me wondered how that card got there in the first place, though. I was like, "How did that happen?" Well, he's a master of karate, yeah. so just, sleight of hand is in there. Just snapped it, yeah, right out of his chest, and you know, and he must have pre-programmed those actions once his higher functions were gone. Yeah. Well, I guess it was the other chip that would have been like that kind of action, I suppose. Yeah. In a way that Hero didn't see it happen. Yeah. Because he seems surprised when the chip's in the hand. Yeah. That's why I'm giving this a zero out of 10. (laughs) Kara also asked, like, okay, well, if he's detaching his hand, why doesn't he grab on to the ship with his other hand? So then he would be propelled, too. It's like, like, I have to detach my hand in order to propel us forward. But did he? Why did he have to do that? Charlie, you're a physicist. I did a momentum calculation or something. Uh, Maybe, Yeah. yeah. Just had just in, enough. In I, thought enough gonna, I thought he was going to poke a hole in the back of his suit and like, yeah, like, oh. you know, fart rocket. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> through the exit. Yeah, but then we don't get the, the touching, you know, uh, death scene. You're right. And yeah. he knew he knew he had his his brain in his hand. So we didn't know that. Yeah, he, he already had an exit plan, exit strategy. He was he's taking care of his patient to the very end because he knew that it would give him the best care. And he had to say that he was satisfied. Yeah. And he knew that he made him say that under duress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought as a, um, as a amateur cyclist myself, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the bike designs. Honestly, one of the bikes in the background looked like a legit, uh, like track bike that they use in like the Olympics and stuff. So I actually thought that like design was really cool. But that's still a niche. But yeah, I liked it. Paul, um, a couple little things. Uh, one, one related to Baymax. I loved the way, like in the very like beginning, and when he first wakes up, like after the older brother dies, like the way he moves around the room is it was just super funny to me. Like how he would like walk forward and then like carefully move something to the side, and then like turn and shuffle, and then he like pulls his arms in. And I, I was like, this kind of feels like the way I move around my crowded apartment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, all right, move the chair over here. Now I got to turn sideways. But uh, based on looking around here, I can see how that would happen. Don't embarrass me in front of my friends. I also really liked the attention to detail, the the Tokyo esque attention to detail. Having just been in Tokyo, March of 2019, it really made me want to go back. All the way down to the air conditioning units and the types of tiles on the walls and that sort of thing was really really got my uh got my nostalgia for when we could travel going (laughs) the time you went to tokyo don't you mean the time you abandoned me on my birthday for a foreign country wow (laughs) okay i brought so many good presents okay 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 i guess i do have to give you credit for the presents (laughs) 
both were great. But still, I mean, you could at least be in the country on my birthday. You could have went to like Wisconsin or something. Yeah, so Wisconsin, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you went as far away from her as possible. <laughs> That's yeah. usually what I do on, on birthdays. That's uh, just how it okay. works. Okay. Like. Well, I do have to give you credit for the presents. Those were great. Mm. Those were very great. Especially the cat hat. That was yeah. very yeah. yeah, you can just get cats for your hat from vending machines. You just said cats for your hat. Oh, hats for your cats. Uh, you can all you can probably get a cat for your hat too, but there'd be a lot more paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's not in a vending machine. Uh no. That's more of a it's more of a capsule hotel. No, there you go. I liked I liked the microbots. I thought that was a really cool idea for well a villain and just an invention in general. And once I just got over the fact that like yeah, well it kind of reminded me of uh, what was it Spider Man two with Doc Ock where they had invented cold fusion. I was like yeah, maybe you ought to go back and uh, work on that a little bit more. It seems kind of important. <laughs> like you may have invented the most important technology in the history of humanity but in any case i thought it was uh, i don't know i thought it was a really cool villain and just the idea that he was just at night pumping out as many of these little microbots as he could just to build up his power was pretty neat and that yeah that they took brought that against or that they used that against him at the end was like oh we just have to take out as many of these as we can i'll just say that uh when he when he presents the microbots there's uh there's a robot arm clapping like a moving hand clapping against a stationary robot hand. I thought that was a cute little <laughs> touch there. It's a small thing, but when Fred's distributing the comic books to explain to them how they could be superheroes, like, or he, no, sorry, that the guy's a supervillain and he's like, look, here's my proof or whatever. One of the comics is Marvel premiere featuring Monarch Starstalker, who's just about the most obscure marvel character ever and so i just i don't know why i just really enjoyed that it's probably the closest monarch star stalker will ever get to showing up in any sort of marvel movie or something remind me who that character is uh he's a cosmic character who shows up in one issue in the 70s and then doesn't show up again until like 2009 10 something like that Oof. shows up in a couple nova books Ah, uh, that's probably where I'm familiar with him from. Why it sounds familiar. Yeah, it's okay. like, as far as obscure Marvel characters go, he's right up there with Big Hero 6, <laughs> like prior to this movie. Okay. so Or Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> prior to 2014. Yeah, except I feel like some people kind of knew about, Gar- not like the wider public, but comic book people kind of knew about Guardians of the Galaxy. But I don't know that they know about, Mo- really knew about Monarch Starstalker. Or Big Hero 6. Or Big Hero 6, yeah. Okay. Like, the only reason I have the Big Hero 6 was because it was a mutant book because of Sunfire. Uh, it was 50 cents at a Bookman's. <laughs> oh, nice. The Bookman's coming through. Yeah. They had issues one and three, so I don't know what happened in the middle, but I can piece it together. <laughs> They don't do a recap in three. Like, okay, this they do do a recap. That's how that that helped piece it together. But basically, I think issue two is like, here's the rest of the team, and then issue three they fight the the villain. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's not really a scene. It's just uh, how they established the relationship between the brother and hero. I really thought that was super endearing, and I, I liked that the brother was kind of like watching them. And I was actually taken by surprise when um when he dies and 
but you know that it's going to happen when the hat comes off because you're like, oh, that's never good when property is left behind and you're going into a burning building because you can kind of piece together. But I really enjoyed um, just that that relationship that they kind of set forward. And I think they do a nice job to make the, the death more impactful as a result. We're just like, oh, my gosh. Especially when they, you know, preface it with both of their parents have passed. I actually thought when they were showing the person going through the portal, that that was going to be Hero's mom when I was like watching it. Like, oh, like even more death, you know, but uh, obviously it wasn't. Yeah. Turns out he's related to Callahan. Callahan's his dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hero. That's in, in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a sequel for this? Like, I know you said there was a, um, there's a TV series, but are, are they doing like a, a, a big Hero 7? Yeah. Um, there was talk. I don't know that anything's come of it yet, but given the amount of time between um, yeah. I mean, Disney animated sequels, like. But this did Frozen really well. Two, even Frozen 2, there's like, what, six, seven, maybe even eight years between the sequels? But this did really well, though. Like, I think, Fro- I think Frozen, Frozen was 2013. Okay, so it's uh, six years, I think, between the two. But Frozen and The Lion King were the only two animated like films that have grossed more than this film oh, at wow. least at the time yeah yeah which so, is insane that they would not try <laughs> you know yeah so i know that there was discussion at one point i don't know that there's been any discussion recently and it's entirely possible that the energies got shifted to the uh the tv show because oh. i know most of the voice cast or returns for the tv show oh wow that's tough i think uh the only ones who don't are uh T.J. Miller does not show up, and then I'm not sure Damon Wayans does. But I guess it's easier because then the names I was looking through on IMDb for the voice actors, there's like not really anybody that like really jumps out. Scott adds it. Eh, okay, Thirty Rock. <laughs> <laughs> He's Pete. I know. But <laughs> you were Liz Lemon. I was Pete. <laughs> I was Liz Lemon. All right, so ultimately, what would you think of this movie? Would you rescue it from a weird space portal, or would you leave it to float in there forever, uh, unloved and and lost? In hypersleep. In hypersleep, yeah. I guess I'm asking how many, what do you call them, programmable memory cards? Out of 10, would you give this movie? How many, how many Matrix learning discs? I think he did call them that, yeah. It's just macro. Oh, I thought they were macro SDs. Isn't that just <laughs> SD? <laughs> oh, they're bigger. There's macro SD, SD, and micro SD. Big Hero 6 transcript. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what will we look for? Card? There's no card. Memory? No memory. Chip? And it just calls it a chip. So oh, it's like a healthcare chip and a karate chip. For all the chips we had today. <laughs> so how many ch- how many programmable chips out of 10 would you give this movie let's start with charlie so he can give it an embarrassingly low score and then feel bad for the rest of the the episode that's right so yeah i kind of i expected that i would like this movie because i'd heard a lot of good things about it i thought i mean it seemed very cute i thought it was gonna be a little bit more cutesy than it actually ended up being and i thought it was a lot of fun i thought baymax was like rightfully center stage for most of this movie um that was a good time. I I really enjoyed the universe that they were creating, and that they didn't go out of their way to explain too much. 
like about how the tech worked or, you know, what the history of everything was. They just kind of let the art and the script speak for itself. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of fun start to finish. I don't have a, really a lot of complaints about it. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 programmable chips. So what's the half? No, it's like one of the chips broken in half. So pretty useless. I don't know. Or like a chip that has like a, a useless function on it. Like dad jokes. Yeah, just a dad joke chip. <laughs> I thought you said useless, not useful. <laughs> that could be the sequel. It has a dad. Hi, useful. I'm dead. <laughs> Fine, then. It's, it, it programs insurance related stuff. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Um, it was a fun movie. It I felt like I was kind of aged out of the target demographic a bit. You know, st- stuff like, okay, you know, is the guy's daughter who went through this portal didn't die in the portal. It's like, yeah, that, you know, saw that coming. Also, there was the whole STEM marketing thing. But Baymax is fun. Um, I think overall, I'm going to give this uh, seven chips out of ten. Uh, I think I share same sentiments as Doug with, like, the feeling a little aged out in particular, like... The some of the jokes didn't kind of felt a little like kind of like not jokes, which I don't know. I kind of zoned a little bit during the like some of that, but you know, overall, just a just a fun little kiddo movie, which you know can't knock it. So seven chippies. Uh, what was that? You know what chippy is, right? There's my chippy. There's my chippy. Yeah. <laughs> there's my pep up i i enjoyed the movie it's interesting so watching in the theaters i recall really really enjoying it and thinking it was really well done and while i still think that in the context of the marvel march i found myself noticing how similar it was to some of the other marvel movies that we've seen so far like while we were watching doug mentioned the initial flight of baymax is resembling the iron man initial flight mm-hmm and like some of the shots where Baymax is in kill mode reminded me of like the Incredible Hulk, like the scene in the uh, the Brazilian bottling plant. Like it's felt like it's very similar to that. There's also this weird thing of like some of the portal stuff made me think of an upcoming Mar- MCU movie that we haven't gotten to yet. So I don't want to say more than that because I don't want to spoil it for anyone other than to say that rescuing lost characters from previously inaccessible places i guess something like that was kind of reminded of that too i was like huh so i don't know i just thought it was interesting in comparison to the like in comparison to just like movies in general and like the disney cartoons and stuff like animated movies i thought it was really well done but in terms of the marvel march it sometimes occasionally felt a bit like it was following in the same footsteps not that that's necessarily a bad thing but it was just something i sort of noticed but counterbalancing that like Baymax is great and I think is pretty unique as a character as far as the Marvel movies go there's not really any other Marvel characters that in any of these movies that resemble Baymax and I thought the uh, the dynamics of all the team were really well done and, and all that stuff so so I think I'm dissociating myself slightly from the Marvel March and just I think I'm going to rate this just in absolute terms I'm going to give this a 9 9 chips out of 10 I think it's just really well done if I were doing it strictly in relation to the March, it probably would be a little lower, like maybe an 8.5, but I'm going to stick with the 9. 
I went into this movie not really having um, super high expectations and I ended up really enjoying it. Um, I usually gravitate to like more comedic films anyway. And I thought it did it. I, I thought it was really cute, you know, um, especially, you know, for being uh, a movie. I, it was kind of, it reminded me a lot like of like a toy story, you know, um, where you can just kind of like, it's just lighthearted humor and, I felt engaged throughout the entire movie. Like there wasn't a, a moment where I was like, "Oh, is this going to be over?" or anything. And and I thought the story was fun as well. I think I'm going back back and forth between eight and nine. I think I'll give it an eight point five. I don't do that too often, but uh, do eight point five. Uh, really good movie, and uh, I would definitely watch this again um, for sure. Yeah, I thought this was great. The animation was really cool. I really liked. Pretty much all the characters, like all the good guys were super fun. You know, it made you care a lot about Hero and really uh, helped bring, you know, kind of help the movie make a kind of pack a real emotional punch at the end. Anything I could knock it for other than like, you know, some of the some of like the overall plot, like maybe, you know, saw like the, some of the plot twists coming a little bit, and, you know, but it's nothing that like ruined it for me. You know, it's just a little more of a kind of a straightforward story in some parts, but still like really well done. So you still like really care about the characters. Um, so I think I'll probably, I think I'll go with um, 8.5 out of 10 uh, chips. So I definitely really liked this movie. Um, I thought that it was, a, had a really good like balance of, action and humor because i'm one of those people who like i can't always pay attention if there's super long like action sequences but then sometimes it gets boring if it's just a whole bunch of comedy so i thought they did like a really nice job of balancing that out so it's always like entertaining throughout i really did like all the characters and i think that even though hero was kind of like super smart and stuff i thought he was still pretty relatable like emotion wise like you can connect with him and like understand him and i thought he was still pretty relatable um baymax was definitely hilarious and my favorite character and i really enjoyed his jokes and his lines i really liked the animation too i thought that was really cool um and i also like that it's a movie that i feel like i could keep watching and i could still find like new things to enjoy about it and it doesn't really get that old like i could still watch it and always enjoy it so i'm gonna give it um I think I'll give it a nine programmable chips. Congratulations for joining me on the correct side of history. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for talking and listening to about Big Hero 6. Our uh, next movie, we're going to jump forward from November 2014 to February 2015 with the family unfriendly hit Kingsman, The Secret Service. Hmm. Ooh. So until then, enjoy what you can out of life. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were just going to say, wow. make my you know, that's, that's oddly inspiring. Though. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze, squeeze blood from that stone. <laughs> I'm Adam Gavesti. Oh, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I have one, I have one more thing to add for the uh, stuff that I enjoy. The villain has the same blood type as me. AB negative, the rarest of all of the non-super rare blood types. 
All right, we got a tag. <laughs> I think we got plenty of tags. Yeah. yeah. Good thing there's a tag show coming up real soon here. And I'm Charlie Waltz. A special thanks to our five Big Hero 6 guests. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. Uh, Aislinn, thank you very much for being on the show today. I was here. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Smart enough not to deny that. I I appreciate that. Uh, Doug Gobeski. It was a pleasure, as always. Wes Richardson. Thanks for having me. And Tony Huff. Thanks for having me. That's our show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at GW Report. And check out our website, thegobeskywallsreport.com. That's probably the important bit. Well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there. So if you remember one thing, remember that. Not your name, but GobeskyWallaceReport.com. <laughs> More important than your name. Now, the only thing left to do is drink this chip water. Oh, oh I forgot about the chip water. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I don't want Do somebody it. to claim later that I didn't follow through on this. So right now, it's yeah. it's just like the last time. It's got all this stuff floating in it, like oil. Okay, I think you should stir it. Sounds disgusting. Wait, we need a picture of it. Well, it's oil and water, Adam. That's not going to do much. <laughs> well, if you yeah, stir you need it, it'll... Soy lecithin. Yeah, if you, you stir it, it'll on. stay together for a hot second. All right, well... Wait, hold on. Do you have an egg? No, that's down the hatch. We're just doing this, all right. Better patter. Uh, the water itself tastes the same, except a little bit spicy. How can you do this? <laughs> For science. I'm surprised you can do it without puking. Same. I, I, there's no way I can do it. How's the chip? <laughs> no, interesting. Right. It kind of tastes... Die. Well, I'm I'm still drinking and eating. Um, <laughs> He's no. doing the whole thing, dude. He's really it's, savoring it. You gotta sip that chip. It doesn't really taste like much anymore, but it the texture is very much of a like a potato, like a sliced potato. So it's reconstituted itself. So, so. you're saying that you would pour yourself a bag of, of uh, Nashville hot chips, pour some water in there, and eat it as a as a breakfast cereal. As a breakfast cereal? Hmm. Fine, as a dinner cereal. How many <laughs> days past the nuclear apocalypse are we in this scenario? Yeah. <laughs> three. Uh, yeah, maybe three. Okay. Or I'm like, if I don't eat this, someone else will. <laughs> I need to... Retain these precious calories. <laughs> All right. <laughs>